repeat that. Uh, some crazy stuff that people do, and we're hoping that you're going to be one of them. Not that stuff specifically, but um, it's Super Bowl Sunday, y'all. Y'all ready? All right. I do uh, keep pounding. I do, uh, I do a survey every year, and every year it breaks my heart. But we're such a different church than we were a year ago, so let's see where we stand today. So if you're new with us, we don't think it's a sin. We know it's not a sin to talk in church. So you can vote by volume or by show of hands. So by volume or by show of hands, if you're cheering for them Chiefs tonight. All right, by volume or by show of hands, if you're cheering for them 49ers tonight. And finally, and this unfortunately is what wins most years in the past, but not in the 9 a.m. service. Raise your hand or make some noise if you do not care. Go Canes. See, I don't know if that means uh, I don't know if that means I don't care between the two teams or I don't care at all, right? I don't I don't have either team. So let me tell you what's happening in our church. We've done this for several years. Um, I don't think he's here today, but. Uh, Alex Dumas won our Super Bowl contest last year, and if he were here, he would testify it was one of the best years of his life, right? We believe this is a resume builder. It's not nothing when you win the Super Bowl contest at Relentless Church, so you got to go on our website before kickoff, put in the score, and we will award a $58 gift card because it's the 58th Super Bowl, um, and we'll do that next week, and it's not about the prize. It's about the fame, the legacy. It's the pride, so... Um, it, it, would look, it would look funny if I won, right? Y'all would, some of you would question that. So let me go ahead and go public with my score um, in this service so that you can't say that I cheated. I'm going, sorry, man, I'm going Niners 31-28. All right, so if that's the score, it'll go to the tiebreaker, but don't copy my score just because you know I'm right. Um, so get in on that. It'll be something fun. And we start something fun. Uh, today it's a series called by faith and we went with the graphic by faith with a blank because we're praying that you'll fill in that blank over the next seven weeks that there's something God's calling you to do or stop doing I don't know that is a faith move it's by faith we live our lives so uh, maybe it's deal with a trauma that you've never really dealt with maybe it's go to a counselor for the first time in your life maybe it's to rebuild something or tear something down. Maybe it's to deal with an addiction. Maybe it's a secret that no human being on this earth knows. Um, maybe, maybe it's uh, a spiritual step. We really hope that the fill in the blank is you're going to be able to say, I feel like, and we're asking God to speak to you, I feel like God's calling me to trust him in this specific area of my life. And I don't know what that might be, but we're hoping you do. That, that you would, what would it look like for you to begin to trust God in an area of your life where it's been really hard for you to trust him? By faith, to trust him with something. Um, we're going to have a baptism Sunday in this series. We believe there's some folks in this room that have maybe believed in God for a long time but have never trusted him in baptism, that maybe that's your next step. Um, we'll be talking more about that date. We just want you to be open uh, to God revealing to you what move he might be calling you to make because we believe that faith produces action, right? Faith produces action. It's a, it's a let's go kind of serious. We talk all the time about be, being is more important than doing, right? We want to be overdue. But the reality is, as you're becoming and being with God, there's going to be do that flows out of that, right? The faith does produce an action. That's the 
transformation out of relationship that we talked about last week of, of taking steps in your life as young or as old as you might be that are by faith steps. Um, you know, I love the power of storytelling. Jesus was the very best. He very often, when he preached, just told stories that would make sense. And it's crazy to me, this story I'm about to tell you, it's the first story I remember remembering as a little kid going to church. It was just so visual for me, and it stuck with me, and I've retold it several times. I'm going to retell it to you today. And I don't even know if it's true. It's a preacher story, right? But it's a story of a, of a, a high-wire act, one of those tightrope guys. He goes to Niagara Falls. He does the rope across Niagara Falls, and he gets a big old crowd there, and he's walking across a tightrope, right? Some of that stuff gets you guys excited. It just I'm getting older now. I can't even watch some of those high views, right? It makes my... So he's walking across the tightrope. They're cheering and going and nuts. And he says, who thinks that I can push a wheelbarrow across this tightrope? And the crowd's like whipping into a frenzy. Woo! Right? I can see this in my mind. And then he pushes the wheelbarrow across the tightrope, comes back. And then he says, okay, let's go to another level. Who believes that I can push a human being in this tightrope, in this wheelbarrow, across the tightrope and back? And the crowd's going nuts. Yeah, you can do it. Woo! And then he says, can I get a volunteer? And it's quiet. And that just stuck with me because it illustrates the difference between belief and trust. I think you can do it. I want you to do it. But I'm not getting in that wheelbarrow. And I thought we should update that story because it's an old story that I've told. Some of you knew it before I got to the punchline. Um, something more modern day. So this will tell me so much about my 11 o'clock people, our community, because I've never asked you this. This is hypothetical. This is not real. <laughs> um, if... If we had a van out here after service, and we were going to say, free of charge, we've got a van going down to Fayetteville and to a, a place that's going to be ready for you. We've already paid the fee, and you can go down to Fayetteville, skydive, get back in the van, we'll bring you back here free of charge. If that was offered to you today by a show of hands, who's skydiving? Wow. All my daredevils are in 11 o'clock service. Now, keep your hand up, hands back up, keep your hand up if you've actually ever skydived. See what I'm saying? Everybody's ready. Now, I didn't invent skydiving. You knew it was possible. Maybe it's the money. I don't know how much it costs to skydive, but only, I think, adding 9 o'clock service, I think we have a total of five or six people in our entire church that have ever skydived. But a lot of people are interested. I think it sounds like a great idea. Never done it. Probably never will. If I do do it, I just said do do. If I do do it, I'll do it just because it'll be great preaching fodder for stories, you know. But um, it's it's. It's easy to feel like living by faith is a good idea. It's different getting in the wheelbarrow. It's different getting in the van. And skydiving is a much better uh, example than the wheelbarrow because if you skydive the first time, you've got to be attached to somebody, right? They don't let you do that by yourself. And that's the life we're talking about, this by faith life. You're holding on for dear life. You're trusting that Jesus knows what he's doing and he's tested the parachute and he's going to be trustworthy in guiding you in your life. I thought it would be appropriate to share uh, one of my favorite comedians ever, his name is Stephen Wright. Um, I try to work him in any time I can, but he's got a great quote that's relevant. He said, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving definitely isn't for you. <laughs> Good, right? It's just the simple things. I think, we, I think we have some maybe deep down fears that we don't say out loud that attaching ourselves to Jesus feels a little bit like jumping out, like, I don't know where he's going to take me, and that's part of the point, but it is the beautiful life. There's nothing boring about this life attached to Jesus. It's the by faith 
life. We're going to look at Hebrews 11 today for just a very basic um, foundation for this series. Verse 1, what is faith? Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. So let's start with that first part. It's a beautiful just breakdown of what faith is. It's a confidence of what we're hoping for, that our hope will not put us to shame, that there is a day coming, there is another life, the hardness of this life that is so real will one day end, and what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross and in his resurrection is real. Here, here's an example. Um, I love vacations. So much point, I don't know if I'm the only one, I, I, like week of, leading up to vacation, sometimes I get a little bit sick because I'm so excited, I can't stand it, right? Like, it's not a great thing, but that's, I just love vacation. And we got one in a couple weeks, the five of us, I've got two seniors in high school. I don't know if this is the last one, but if it's not, it's one of the last times the five of us will, will go off and do something, and I'm just, I'm so excited about it. That week of, like three days before vacation, you can't tell me anything about anything. I don't care. If my team loses, I don't care if I get a flat tire, whatever. I'll change the flat. I'll smile about it because I know where I'm going to be in three days. I don't care what hits me. That's a little bit of what's packed into this verse. It's confidence of what we're hoping for is real, that Jesus does come through, that there is another life, and the difference between vacation and what we hope in is the hard part about vacation is it ends, right? Some of you have little ones, and you need a vacation from their vacation because it's so exhausting to go on vacation. Hey, they grow up, and it gets better. Um, But what we're talking about is not vacation. It is a new life and a new body in a new world without sin, death, or any of the stuff we struggle and deal with here. And it's going to never end. That's what's coming. Faith is confidence that we're actually gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God. We're living our lives now like we believe forever is closer than it's ever been. It's secondly, assurance, right? And don't let that freak you out, right? Because assurance comes from the word being sure. And we know from the totality of Scripture that part of our assurance can actually grow through doubts. We're actually going to do a whole series on doubts after Easter. So if you have some doubts, you're not out of this. But it's an assurance of what we do not see, that there is. And we pray over these chairs because we believe there are spiritual forces at work of both light and darkness, wherever you live, every day, no matter what. There's all kinds of invisible things happening in the world constantly. So it's it's an assurance that there's more to this life than what we see. And sometimes when it feels or visibly looks like God's sleeping on us, that, that, no, there's more to life than what we can actually see or even explain. I thought um, these lyrics would be appropriate as we talk about the invisible world and what we see. Um, you know, two weeks ago we celebrated, not, no, we didn't celebrate, we marked the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. Um, and after that death, uh, the night of his death, Kirk Franklin won um, some Grammys. He was a gospel superstar. And uh, a few years later, he wrote these lyrics as a part of a Lecrae song. So if you need a soundtrack coming to church, there's a, a song called Sunday Morning by Lecrae. Um, and in that song, Kirk Franklin does this little verse that I want to read to you. He says, He wrote this after Kobe died. Seasons change. The colors so quickly, it's hard to keep up with the leaves because everybody leaves. On my birthday, Kobe, Gigi, and seven souls remind me that the tree of life is so uncertain and tomorrow has unpredictabilities as colorful as the smiles that took off that day. May that Sunday morning resonate past trophies and trinkets and the ongoing pursuit of more. To sober us, but the humbling truth My life and your life is just a vapor. And if what you see is all you see, 
then you do not see all there is to be seen. Quickly, we leave. I think that's beautiful. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree it with it, but it's scriptural in this assurance, this confidence that what we hope for is real and it's coming and it's closer and an assurance that there's things that we can't see. And if you, all you see is what you actually see, you're missing a lot of life. All right, he continues from there in verse 2, and he says, This, this faith is what the ancients were commended for. This gets God's attention. This is what God applauds. It's what he commends, the ancients. And we'll talk about some of those ancients in this series, people that their faith stories are going to affect your faith story, and it's going to motivate you to make a move that maybe today, February 11th, you would never dream of making. That's what we're believing in this series, that you're going to make some decisions maybe two, three weeks from now that today you would say, no way. All right, I'm just going to let God work and do what he does. He notices our faith. Here's, here's how we're breaking it down, this statement. It's what we want you to, if you're so bold to even begin to believe this or pray this yourself, this is how we want to say it. I want to amaze Jesus by what I believe he can do in my life. Right? Jesus knows all, but he was only marveled and amazed. That word's only used a few times in Scripture. And he's amazed at people's faith, and he's amazed at people's lack of faith. We want to be the people that are asking God and coming to Jesus with some, and he's like, oh, wow, you're asking me that? You think I can do that? You think I can deal with how you view that coworker? Some of you think God hates your coworker as much as you do. He doesn't, right? But whatever it is, like we want to amaze God. We want to amaze Jesus with what we think he can do in our life and, and how we view things, situations, people, and what he can actually do to change what's happening in our life by faith. Next verse, verse 3 of Hebrews 11. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. You're like, wait a second. We were just talking about like making moves and having faith, and now we're going like, what does not... What does that have to do with anything? A lot. What you believe about your origin story, you know, today in all the movies, they do a movie, and then you go back, and six years later, you see the origin story of how they, what you believe about your origin story is enormous for your life. It affects your worldview, right? According to this, we could talk about, you know, age of earth and all those kind of things. I'm not getting into that. Just bottom line, how did we get here by the voice of God. At God's command, everything that we see was made and created. That's a big deal because it affects that song we just sang of he knows my name because if he created everything, that means he created you. So if you're, if you're the source, because here's the lie that a whole generation has bought. You know, a few years ago, everything was random. Oh, that's so random, right? A lot of people, young and old, think their lives are random, right? They think they were just a, a result of something it was no design to it and they just came to exist randomly like that will mess up your life that's a source of a lot of the hopelessness that we see is is we we have bought collectively as a culture that we just are accidentally here right and i don't want to get too scientific because i don't have a degree but i did read a lot this week um on trying to understand this big bang theory that the keyword theory right and the thing about science, I'm not anti-science. Don't be scared of science. The deeper you go into science, the more it proves God because God created science. So don't be scared of science. But as far as where the earth came from, scientists will change their mind every 50 to 100 years. They'll continue to do that, which is crazy when it's supposed to be science. But it evolves, uh, for lack of a better word. But if you, uh, So I really needed to understand the Big Bang and what, what in, in normal terms, what they're believing is that all matter and everything just exploded out and just 
Everything that we have and see came from that one explosion. My problem with that just logically is we've had a lot of explosions in the world. Like we can go to explosive sites. None, we've yet to have an explosion in the world where an explosion creates order. Right? Every explosion, if you've ever been, I hope not, to an, uh, something that blew up, it's chaos. It's just, and what this theory puts out there is that by this random explosion, Niagara Falls, beautiful oceans, beautiful mountains, beautiful people all just happen. But by faith, we understand, we don't understand fully, we understand to know whatever the order was, whatever the age, the point is we understand that how we got here was the design and command of God. He created all this, and he created all this, he created you. That's wild. Like, you were created by somebody. Like, you were designed. That's why we're so unique. Like, you came from somebody. You were created uh, at, the, at the command. He brought you in to life. You're not a mistake. Your life is sacred because of you're made in the image of God. And like if this God is so powerful and all-knowing, then if he created everything, then why did he create sin? Right? I've had teenagers ask me that. It's a great question. Why would he create sin? I wouldn't say he created sin. He, he created us with the ability to sin. Why? Because he's a father. He wants a relationship, not religion. He wants transformation, not transaction. So why would he, why would he give us the ability to sin? Simply because he's a loving father. And what does a loving father want? He wants to be chosen. He wants us to choose uh, us to choose him with our faith. Right? That's what gets his attention is our faith. If he makes us as robots where we have to love and follow him, there's no faith involved. There's no choice. Right? That's not the, that's not how he created things. He didn't create robots that he programmed to love him. He created humans in his own image that can either choose to rebel from him or run to him. And if you run to him, it's going to be by faith. I was um, moved this week. Um, it was heavy. Sometimes God will put words on my heart and my life. And in conversation, in a 48-hour period between Wednesday morning and Friday afternoon um, this past week, one word kept coming up in conversations I was having with relentless folks and with non-relentless folks, with men and with women. I kept hearing this one word, people saying, I'm just overwhelmed. And they didn't, I don't think you guys had a meeting somewhere. It's like, let's all, let's all tell David we're over, overwhelmed. It just was, it, you know, people that knew me well, people that I didn't know well, and just kept coming up, like, people are overwhelmed. And I was like, I think I'm overwhelmed. Right? I hope that's okay if you're a pastor to be overwhelmed. Let me tell you why. Um, you ever been there if you're married? Like, I feel like sometimes it's, my wife's in this service we got to make rules like, honey, you can be overwhelmed. You take Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll take Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Because if we get there on the same day, this whole thing's falling apart, right? Your laughs tell me you know what I'm talking about. Um, so this past week, uh, we just had a lot going on. Um, we're trying to get a vehicle for my son. And if you ever had to negotiate with car people, that's like a whole, that's a whole message there. So we're doing all that. Um, there's, a, there's a new F word. You know, if you got college kids, it's called FAFSA. It's my new F word. Don't say the F word around me. So we're trying to figure out FAFSA and kids getting ready to go to college. And it's, um, it was senior night for my two oldest kids, um, their last home basketball game Friday night. So all the emotions and the feels that come with that, which I wasn't too worried about because it's not, it's, their last game is going to get me, but it's just their last home game. So we got, it's not over for a few weeks, but it's going to be. And it's just 
you know, all the stuff and the ceremony and all that. And uh, I'm coaching. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to retire from coaching as my daughter graduates. So it was just a big night for us. And Friday, um, I started to get a headache. Um, and if you know my story, headaches aren't just headaches to me because when I had a stroke almost a year and a half ago, the first symptom was a headache. And I can't remember what that headache felt like. So any headache, you know, in my head is like, oh, is this the beginning of, and I, I didn't think that, but it's just the, the, the line I walk. So I get a headache on Friday, and, and I got new medicine, but they won't give me the medicine that was working with my headaches because they said insurance didn't think that was, they denied it. Like, how can they, they didn't even talk to me, <laughs> right? So, so the medicine, I've had sinus headaches my whole life. The medicine I took pre-stroke worked almost all the time. But I'm not allowed to take that because it's got ingredients in it that don't get along with my other medicine. So I can't take the stuff that works. So I get this sinus headache. I take some uh, Tylenol, which if it's a sinus headache, the headache just laughs like Tylenol. It does nothing. So I was like, okay, so I'm taking the new medicine. I take the new medicine at like 1 o'clock, games of that night. And I'm like, I just, it's, and it's getting worse. Like, I can't think straight. Like, there's no way I can coach with this headache. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm just struggling. And what am I going to do? And. I'm thinking about this message and, and by faith. And the point of this is we understand the universe was formed at God's command. He created everything, so the stuff that you and I are struggling with isn't that big a deal to him. Like, he cares, but it's not too much for him. So in my overwhelmness and my headache, I just prayed a simple prayer, right? So I took my medicine at, like, 1. Usually it works within an hour. It was 2. It was worse at 3, worse at 4. It's 5 o'clock. We're getting closer to game time, and I just... I just said out loud, all right, God, by faith, you know it's an important night for my kids and for me. Would you take this headache away? I didn't threaten him. I didn't make a deal with him. It wasn't transactional. It's was just I'm trying to learn what you're teaching me here. By faith, would you take this headache away? I got to the gym. My wife says, how's your head? I was like, I think it's okay. And then got during the, somewhere during the first quarter, I'm like, I'm fine, right? My team wasn't fine, but I was fine. They showed up and in. You're, you should be so proud of your relentless girls. They were in, uh, they were in um, first service. But they, three girls on my team go to relentless, and they, they, they pulled off a comeback that you wouldn't believe if I told you. It was improbable isn't enough. It was a great and amazing night. But here's my problem. Yesterday, Saturday, I'm just thanking God. Like he, you, you could not have scripted this game on senior night better than it went. It was unbelievable. I'm just thanking God that we were able to enjoy it, and it was just a beautiful night. I was thanking God. And as I'm thanking God out loud to my wife, I say, maybe that medicine was, like, delayed in working. Or maybe it was the adrenaline just working in me. And I'm like, why am I trying so hard to find an answer that's natural outside of the supernatural? Right? And, and I'm sharing, I didn't know I was going to share that this week because that just happened yesterday. Like, why am I so scared of God doing God stuff. If he can create the universe by saying, let there be, I think he can handle my headache. That's not crazy. He knows my name. He knows what I'm carrying. He knows if you're overwhelmed. And he's not mad at you if you're overwhelmed. And you're not, if you're overwhelmed, it's not because you did something wrong. Some of you came in here overwhelmed, and God wanted me to tell that to you because you think you're the only one. You're, you're in the majority in this room if you're overwhelmed. And it's not because you did anything wrong. What he wants you to hear is that you have a weapon against that, and the weapon is faith. How can I trust this? How can I amaze Jesus by what I ask him to do in this with little things and big things? I want to look at an account in Luke of, and bring this home of, of some action that Jesus 
knows more than we give him credit for sometimes. One day, Luke 5, 1, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, where do you think that was? I'm going France. Genesaret. We, 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 we. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, uh, Simon and Peter, same guy. He asked them to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So they're so like wanting to get to Jesus. Part of it, and, and that's part of what's in my head too, because when you, I'm reading through Luke, when you read Luke, he goes to towns and he bats a thousand in healing. He says he heals everybody with every disease and sickness they had. Like nothing was too much for him. So he's becoming kind of a superstar and they're crowding around him so much so that he can't, he can't get his message out, right? It's like if you guys were like rushing the stage, don't do that. Um, he's like, let me get in a boat so I can get away and get, get my bubble back and then I'll preach from, and we get in this story from Luke 5, we get absolutely nothing about what he taught that day. Tells us nothing. It goes straight from that verse that he taught the people from the boat, and it goes right to when he was done, because this is what's important. When he had finished, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, that's in quotes. It's what Jesus said to Simon, right? So in the analogy here of him knowing your name and calling you to do something by faith, I think some of you would say, well, I wish I had it like Simon where he would say out loud and then I would have no doubt what he said, right? So does he speak out loud? I think he does, but that's up to him and you, but he speaks in a lot of ways, right? He speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through visions and dreams. He speaks through worship and preaching. He speaks through his word, but he still speaks. We did a whole series on that last year. So if you're going to do something by faith, that's what we're praying for you this series, that you would make a move of action in your life by faith. I don't know what that is. That would be great if he told me, hey, tell this person. I don't, he's not going to tell me that. That's going to take away from the intimacy between you and him. He's going to reveal that to you by faith. But you got to, it starts with you believing that God still communicates in 2024. He's really good at it. But if you don't have faith that he communicates, then you most likely he won't communicate. Or if he does communicate, You'll miss it. So he told Peter something, uh, and that, let me give you one more plug for tomorrow night. It's such a big night for our church because we're going to spend time less on the why and more on the how in this men's huddle, right? So it's, it's a how, and if, you know, 16 and up, everybody is invited. We didn't do a sign-up. It may be Raph and I tomorrow night. We have no idea. We're excited and believing by faith, right, that there's going to be men that want this community um, to grow and build together, and like let's learn, let's do some spiritual training together, right? And you've got to understand how God speaks, and we're going to help you with that and some other things. We're going to start doing it every uh, every second Monday night. So this is the first one. The women are going to do the same thing. Theirs is going to start in April. So we're we're all in on this as a church, and we want you to be too. Six thirty tomorrow night. Uh, hope to see you. Now back to Simon and Jesus. Jesus said, put it on the deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Verse 5, Simon answered, or you might say, Simon says, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, some of you who are with me in the overwhelmed bucket, this isn't just overwhelmed. This isn't just tired. This is exhausted because he worked all night, but it's not just exhausted. It's exhausted and didn't catch anything. Some of you fish for fun. I don't understand that. 
That's not what he was doing. He was fishing to provide for his family. When you spend all night doing, it's like for you, if you've ever been on commission, when you work all week and you do your appointments, you do your part and you get nothing. You make nothing. Zero, you know, 10% of zero is zero, right? So that's where Peter was. And he's, Simon is trying to be, you know, respectful here. Um, Master, we worked hard. We weren't lazy fishermen. We did our part and we caught nothing. But because you say so, because you're telling me, it's kind of that like, you know, if you know Jesus' story, he was a carpenter by trade. He's like, you know, Jesus, why don't you stick with the cabinets? All right, I'm a, I'm a fisherman by living. I was raised as a fisherman. I know where the fish are. We didn't do anything wrong. We worked hard. We were there all night. We caught not a few fish. We caught zero fish. But because you're telling me, and I think you're somebody special, because you, but if you didn't tell me, I would never go back and put... And do what you're saying to do because you don't know fish, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Have you ever been there where you feel like God's calling you to something that you don't want or it doesn't make sense? And you're like, I, I agree to do it because you're the boss, but that, I don't think you really know what you're talking about. I don't really think. Some of you, let's be real. Some of you, you have some relationship issues and you're trying to solve them in your own wisdom and strength. Or some financial issues, you're trying to solve them and you really don't believe that Jesus knows much about your relationship issues. You don't think Jesus is educated on your financial situation. Jesus knows where the fish are, and he wasn't a fisherman. Why? Because he created the fish by his command. Whatever, whoever you're struggling with, he created them too. He knows all about all. That's who he is. It's not about what I'm being asked to do as much as it's about who's asking me to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right? I don't know what he's going to call you to do by faith. But it, the answer is yes, because of who's asking you to do it. And he, he is able and willing to reveal what he wants to reveal. Verse 6, when they had done so, so they did what Jesus told them. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. He's a God of abundance. He will blow. This is immeasurably more that we talked about last week. He will blow you away. What could happen in this series that you think there ain't no way Jesus can help me with that? Don't underestimate the God who spoke the universe into existence, who knows what's going on with headaches, who knows what's going on in eternities, who knows all about all at all times. He's the God of abundance, and he knows more about your job than you do. You believe that? If he came to work at your, wherever you work, he would be better than you are at it. He's that good. He's, he's better relationally. He's a better friend. He's a better spouse. He's a better parent, right? He wasn't a spouse or a parent, but he's God in a human body, and he knows. And if you understand that, believe it takes so much pressure off of believing. Like, I don't have to figure this out. It's when some of my overwhelmness comes from trying to figure things out. When sometimes it's all right, because you say so, I'm going to trust by faith. I'm going to trust you in this situation. Here's the next verse, when Simon Peter saw all the fish, he should have like, been really happy, but he wasn't. He fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. What a weird reaction. You've spent all night, didn't catch a fish. Jesus tells you to go put your nets out there and you're like, we know what we're doing, but okay. And then you catch more fish than your boat will hold. You got to get everybody to come here. It's such a big haul. And then his answer is, Jesus, could you step away from me? 
what, what is up with that? It's connecting the dots we're trying to connect this morning in your life. Peter realized if he knows where the fish are, he knows everything. If he knows everything, he knows what I Googled last night. He knows where I've been. He knows what I've thought. He knows what I've done. He knows what I'm really about. He knows what I really believe and don't believe. He knows how much I do trust and don't trust and this and this. He knows everything there is to know, and I'm a sinful man. I need you to back up, Jesus, because I, I can't be around you because you're, you're otherworldly. You're holy. I'm not, right? And I want Jesus to give Simon a hug and say it's okay, but he just says don't be afraid. That's all he says. Don't be afraid. You're missing the point. From now on, you're going to fish for people. And here's the by faith move. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Like had best, best day of fishing ever because they, they, they won the fish lottery, and they're like out. And they begin to follow him for years, and they're not fishermen anymore. They leave everything they know by faith because they trusted him, partly because here, he's got to be God because he knew where the fish were. We were just fishing there all night. So part of your testimony becomes, I tried it my way. I wasn't a horrible person. I wasn't, but I tried it my way, and life just didn't work. And now by faith, I'm trusting the God who created the world by speaking it into existence. And as I trust him with my issues, with my world, with my hope, he's a God of abundance. He's good, and he'll come through, and he'll prove it. So I want to amaze Jesus by what I believe he can do in my life. Really, what could you say to Jesus where you think Jesus would be like, wow. You think I can show up in that mess? That's the kind of prayers we want to pray in this series and forever. Collectively as a church, we want to be the kind of church that we amaze Jesus what we ask for. We believe that you can do something about this. We believe you can take a multi-ethnic church and use us to be part of the healing that our culture so desperately needs. There's nothing outside your reach. Your arm is not too short. You said go and the universe happened. So we... We're not going to doubt you. What, what's the untouchables in your life that maybe, maybe that blank of by faith represents? We're going to figure it out together. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you that uh, they caught all those fish. It would be such a bad story if uh, Jesus said, go do this, and he didn't know what he was talking about, and he was guessing or if he was some sort of fraud, just thank you for the truth and the power of the cross that he defeated death, that you, God, spoke this world into existence. Help us not limit your limitless power in our lives, in our church. Help us believe that you know our name, that you know our doubts, that you know our struggles. God, may we amaze you with what we believe that you can do and heal in our lives. I pray that we would take that home with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you go, um, tomorrow night's big night, man, 6.30. Super Bowl contest. It will change your life if you win it. We'll announce that next week. you got to go online and do it. And this is our week for With Love from Jesus, the third Saturday of every month. We partner with this beautiful ministry down the road. We would love for you to join us Saturday morning to help serve with some people that need help. Y'all are dismissed.